You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As always, my co-host Bill Reagan will be back here for our sort of in-between episode. Uh, as we, of course, know, there are no games uh, this weekend, uh, I guess outside of the Pro Bowl. But, um, Dylan, we don't really usually do too many bets on that. I don't think um, that's, that's, that's out of our league, I, I, I believe. Um, so, we're going to talk about some more important stuff. Um, not to knock anyone playing in the Pro Bowl, but... A lot of stuff happening right now in the NFL, and mm-hmm. this is kind of one of those, you know, we're waiting on the Super Bowl, but there's only two teams in the Super Bowl, and, you know, there's there's many other teams that have a lot of things to figure out, and now we start to look ahead, uh, you know, looking at the possible quarterback carousel, coaching carousel, almost, um, I guess at this point, we kind of know for the most part um you know we'll see if jim harbaugh is the next coach of the vikings but um they're, they're still mostly we kind of know where guys are headed in that scenario but of course dylan the the biggest coaching news to come out over the past couple days is not josh mcdaniels being hired by the raiders big big story but the bigger story is uh the brian flores lawsuit uh, against the nfl and three teams in particular pretty wild story mm-hmm. this is um you know and again if if you haven't i'll let dylan sort of spell it out a bit better uh, in terms of just all the details and some of the, the little nuggets that you know really are probably worth pointing out here uh, of course most people are talking about the bill belichick text and we'll talk about that in a second maybe how that led to this being such a huge story and i mean this is this is something we just look you don't you don't see this very often for a guy who we said <laughs> never thought he'd be fired in the first place and then once he was fired i mean we talked about it we said this guy's probably gonna get interviewed by everybody mm-hmm. because you could tell that his teams with the dolphins were getting better and it just seemed wild that he was fired there and now, you know, for him to file this lawsuit against the NFL, you know, alleging a racist sort of um, you know, I guess practices in terms of hiring and, and that sort of thing. Like this is um this is a big story and it's a story that could certainly get even bigger depending on kind of the direction this thing heads in. Yeah, that's the thing that's uh you're mentioning how it could get bigger. as in a class action lawsuit now with Brian Flores' name on it, I believe like a lot of other coaches could enter this without having to put their name kind of on the front of it the same way, putting their jobs and their futures potentially on the line. And that's such a brave thing just off the bat that Brian Flores does here because like it, not that it should have an impact on his future in the NFL, but knowing the way that uh, these owners sometimes operate, uh, and it's just widely been kind of talked about or, uh, since it came out that Flores could be potentially uh, putting his future uh, just completely, he even acknowledged it himself, could be, who knows if he'll coach in the NFL again because of 
how the owners take this. I'd probably just kind of prove his point if that were the case. But yeah, uh, you know, huge news when it first came out. I was just kind of trying to like grasp everything all at once and look into it. And it's like these are really text messages from Bill Belichick, and that's like only the surface level of what it is. It's something that. You know, uh, it hasn't necessarily been, it's kind of, uh, as you'll see, people kind of say the quiet part being out loud. Like uh, a lot of teams do not uh, probably take the Rooney role into uh, the, the, you know, the purpose of what it was made for to, to ensure that candidates that aren't white, uh, no matter what their races are, are considered for these coaching jobs, for coordinator jobs, for head coaching jobs and having to interview them but a lot you know sometimes it, it feels like it's just been a, a box that's been checked um to make sure you satisfy that so uh, that's exactly what Flores is alleging here uh, the, the text messages with bill belichick kind of implicate that the giants had decided to hire brian dable before they interviewed brian flores they're only interviewing flores to satisfy the rooney rule so uh it goes into a lot of other ideas and different things of how long this has been going on a lot of coaches already reportedly have reached out to flores to thank him for uh, doing this because of their experiences and you look at i mean just on sheer like not even just reporting and uh anecdotes and different things like it's it is pretty drastic if you look at the average record of of some coaches that are black that are fired compared to white coaches that keep their job for longer based on performance obviously there's a lot of factors that go into those things but it's uh it's definitely a legitimate gripe there um let alone just this actual case where you have uh uh, a team uh, in this case uh, apparently even though the Giants have denied it I don't know how the NFL denied all the allegations within two hours of the lawsuit going up the NFL has denied it other yeah. teams have denied all these things but uh, it appears the Giants did decide to uh, hire Dable before um, interviewing Flores Flores alleged that the, the Broncos did the same thing two years ago when he was in the hiring cycle before he went to after winning Super Bowl 53 as the defensive coordinator at the Pats uh, he alleged that John Elway and another executive from the, the Broncos were hung over at his interview, uh, clearly not uh, focused and really taking it uh, legitimately. The Broncos did also <laughs> respond denying that. But that's just I mean, that's the main crux of it. Uh, other things touched on are just the treatment of of African-American black coaches, uh, including the Dolphins and Stephen Ross reportedly or not reportedly in <laughs> the lawsuit, allegedly uh offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss um, to try to tank in 2019 ahead of the draft that had the likes of Joe Burrow, obviously Tua eventually going to Miami, and Justin Herbert, who they could have still had despite not tanking. Um, Flores didn't agree to that. Also was a meeting that allegedly was supposed to take place with an unnamed quarterback in the lawsuit. Uh, Joe Shad, from uh, he's been a reporter for a long time, I think Palm Beach Post currently on the Dolphins, reporting that was Tom Brady. This is before he was uh, technically out of contract with the Pats, but before he signed with the Bucks, so that would have been tampering. Uh, Flores wasn't pleased with that. Also, Joe Shad reported, you know, just didn't think at the, the where the Dolphins were at the time after going, you know, 5-11 uh, and 11 in his last season in Miami or sorry, in the, the first season of Miami with Flores, didn't feel like they were still at a point yet where it made sense for Brady at his point in the career was only going to have, now we know, two years left. It could have been maybe three, uh, who knows, but um, didn't feel like it was a fit. And uh, that was another thing that did not really mesh well with Stephen Ross. So, yeah, it's just a whole big 
it's a mess, but it's again the class the class action lawsuit part of it, and how other coaches can join this now and not have to really put themselves in the line the same way Flores has. It's gonna just gonna continue to snowball. The snowball is just gonna keep rolling down the mountain, keep building up, and it's something that was bubbling up for a long time. There, it's not something that people haven't discussed. Maybe not as loudly as with a lawsuit like this, but. People have brought up many times uh, with the number of African-American black coaches compared to the number of players, compared to the amount of coordinators and qualified candidates that there are and the percentages of hiring them, that uh, clearly the Rooney Rule doesn't always have its intended uh, purpose met. And that is something that uh, hopefully this lawsuit addresses and definitely something that's going to be outside of the actual games in the field and free agency in the draft, probably the the dominant storyline moving forward. Yeah, I mean, as he said, and you know, as mentioned, I just look. You know, you don't do this just um, to do it, um, knowing that you probably were in a position to land a, a job, if not this year, you know, next year, those kind of things. And so, yeah, I don't think this is something that's going to be going away anytime soon in terms of um, just just everything surrounding it. And um, yeah, so we we will see how it plays out, but certainly. A huge story, and um, well, obviously a, a lot more huge potentially potential ramifications mm-hmm. here, depending on uh, what happens, uh, you know, with Flores, with the specific teams, the league, all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, well, we'll see how it plays out. Hard to know exactly where things are going to go from here with it, but uh, we will see. All right, Dylan, let's talk about uh, some of the other stuff going on right now. Um, a lot to do with quarterbacks, uh, as we said on the. The last episode, Tom Brady's retirement was, um, you know, seemingly inevitable, and it was just a matter of figuring out when he was going to announce that, and he does, and so uh, he officially steps away at age 44, and as we talked about, really, you know, we we talked about Tom Brady, and I'm sure we'll talk more about him uh, moving forward, and um, just kind of continue to reflect on all the achievements and, and certainly there's plenty out there if you want to look at that if you've been on social media or anywhere I mean there's there's plenty of good stuff I mean plenty of good stuff out there mm-hmm. just in terms of um, you know just looking back at different things and I, I was telling you before we start recording I'm reading uh, that book uh, The Dynasty right now uh, written by Jeff Benedict I think it was either last year or the year before and yeah it's just got great insight into to Brady's time with the Patriots and sort of the whole dynasty and how everything came together and all that and so i've been reading that you know over the past couple weeks and it's kind of fitting now knowing that that brady's retiring and kind of looking back at how it all started but obviously now that opens up a much bigger question which is (laughs) what's next for the bucks um and you know brady steps away they they have a nucleus there as we talked about it's still a, a very good nucleus both on offense and defense um, certainly personnel moves will be made, but you know, th- this thing becomes very interesting now. Cause that's a very, I would like to, I mean, look, it's, it's not an enviable p- position to step into, as we always say. Um, it was tough for, for Mac Jones, tough for Cam Newton. Um, now it's going to be tough for whoever tries to fill the shoes of Brady after winning a Super Bowl last year. But it opens up a lot of possibilities because, as we know, whoever winds up as the quarterback for the Bucks, if it's not Kyle Trask or someone else, um, which I, I don't think that's going to be the case next season, um, maybe eventually, but you know that's going to start a domino effect of all these other teams, and that's where we start talking about names like Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, um, Aaron Rodgers, which is probably a long shot, but as we yeah. said, we're not specifically <laughs> just talking about the Bucks here. We're talking about other teams as well, 
and sort of where things – I mean, we've, we've talked about it. And Roethlisberger's also retired. Steelers got to figure their position out there. It's a very interesting offseason when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to know where they're going to go for sure in Tampa Bay. Uh, it's just in general, I feel like last year with the QB carousel, we had a little better idea of some of the guys that were going to be moving around. It just feels like there could be – you know there could be a lot of teams that stand pat um, but there also could be a ton of movement like there's you know it's been a few months since we've heard anything about russell wilson wanting out of seattle it sounds like they're still going to try to run things back i don't anticipate him being available but who knows it could happen i think the names you do hear more often obviously garoppolo is the number one name Derek carr is mentioned but i i i think it would be wise of Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Zeigler there and their first year in, in Vegas to stick with him given some of the really big things he did this season. His cost cap-wise isn't that bad yet still. Um, I don't know. I just – if he's – I, I want to blame teams for calling. I think he's the number one guy um, of the potentially available guys that I would – outside of like the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson, who knows exactly what's going to happen – there or if we're going to see him this year after not at all last year it's all kind of still in flux but outside of those guys i think the top outside of those top three i think Derek carr is probably the best guy that's potentially available so i'd be calling i'd rather have Derek carr than garoppolo or even probably Kirk cousins that's another name you hear obviously as you you mentioned <laughs> at the beginning it looks like jim harvard crazy enough could be coming back into the yep. nfl some uh, reporting uh, from the wolver the wolverine.com i believe was the site that reported on him leaving and saying goodbyes and how he had a press com or a, a meeting with the vikings on national signing day and all that good stuff so by the time you listen yep. to this there's a potential it's confirmed uh but you don't do that interview i just think there there's no way jim harbaugh's doing that interview and think he's unless he thinks he's got the job yeah. that's just my opinion but yeah and you know he has that itch to come back uh, clearly um and he's in a much better position to do so than he was before Michigan had that fantastic season in 2021. I, but I wonder then with Kirk Cousins, with how expensive he's been, if he's a possible option for the Bucks too. Um, he did have his "you like that" comeback against the Buccaneers, albeit six years ago. Um, yeah, uh, guy that you know. I, I wonder with teams. I I don't think there's necessarily that Stafford level of guy, and that's kind of like the comparison. Like can, you're not going to probably get the top star, but can you get the what the Rams succeeded in doing with Stafford? And I, do, I you know maybe these guys like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, you wouldn't ha- pick them over over uh, Stafford, but still along the, that kind of range. And so maybe those are two guys to at least keep on your radar for the Bucks. Obviously, at this point, it's still so early with Brady just retiring officially that there's not a ton of rumors of uh, about these guys. Garoppolo might end up being the one that just works out from a point of view of we know that the Niners are exploring trade options. Jimmy said straight up during his exit interview uh, or a press conference that he wants to go somewhere where they're trying to win. Clearly Tampa Bay still has that roster that just won a Super Bowl two years ago and was the reason, you know, there's a reason why when Brady was in free agency after 2019, we we talked about the Bucks as a team that made sense along with, I think the Colts are the two teams we discussed as being the most ready, readily available to win if they just had the quarterback position figured out. And sure enough, he goes to Tampa and quickly does. So I still think even though they're going to lose some of those guys with free agency um, and, and their cap situation that Tampa's still for any quarterback on the trade market, any free agent quarterbacks, like they're definitely a team that you're wanting to play for. I know that you're playing in the, 
uh, trying to come right after Brady, but it's not like you're replacing him in New England. A little different circumstance with uh, his two-year stint in Tampa. I don't think it's the same kind of pressure. So, um, yeah, those are – if I'm the Bucks, I'm looking at Carr probably as my number one try-to-get dream guy because um, I just don't think – uh, unless they somehow could get Deshaun, I don't know how that would work financially. I don't, I don't see the if if we do see Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and I don't, I'm still not convinced even Aaron Rodgers, despite everything, is going to be leaving Green Bay. If those two guys are, I have a hard time. If they are moved, I have a hard time seeing them traded to NFC teams. So that kind of makes yeah. takes the Bucks out of the equation. Maybe a more intriguing spot for those top end guys, or those two at least. Definitely the Colts, still a team that I, you know, I know they still have Carson Wentz and they have been believers in him and Frank Reich has a history with him. But man, I, I don't know. Colts are definitely a team that's just still waiting. It feels like if they had the right quarterback, they would be definitely a, a top contender in the AFC. Maybe they wouldn't be able to beat the likes of the, the Bills, the Chiefs and the, the Bengals at this point. But I still think they have as attractive as a uh, as of a roster as you can look at in that conference. And obviously the Broncos are the other team that feels like they should be in that mix. So a lot of things will be cleared up hopefully soon. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Luck's technically still available. Um, I don't I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think he is technically available. Oh, um, but I think right now for the Bucks, if I had to... You know, just throw out. Give me, give me your best shot right now. And who you think the Bucks quarterback is going to be next year? I think it's probably Derek Carr. Um, because I, I think what you just said to me is like, it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's not going to be Russell Wilson. You're not trading contender to contender. I don't. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't know why you would in those scenarios for those guys in particular. I think, especially within the the conference, right? I just think that's a that's a tough sell, um, and we know NFL teams can be petty, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're all about that. Like let's just not act like they're not. Um, so you just being able to walk somewhere else, um, you know, for a team that perhaps is going to jump ahead of you in the pecking order, probably not what you want. So I think that to me looks like the the easiest path for them. Um, you know, laughing about the Jameis Winston possibility, I don't I don't <laughs> see that happening um but what a what a story that would be yeah like to me he's the only one that makes sense now as we know the nfl offseason never makes sense and um you know wild things here there and all of a sudden everything changes but we'll see what happens um man it's it's interesting to think about though because i I think the bucks are the team obviously now you know just a huge spot that opens up and and i you know we love that i mean the offense is still just built with a lot of talented players and so is the defense, and like we said, I mean, you don't expect every single person to come back just based on contracts and stuff, but that team's still going to have a chance to be right there. So I am I am fascinated by the Bucks situation. But, I mean, you know, again, it's also easy to be fascinated by the the Steelers and, um, you know, mm-hmm. what happens with Russell Wilson and some of these others, too. And, I mean, Jimmy G, I think, is the biggest wild card because now that it's pretty clear that he's not going to be back with the 49ers – that's where it's like, all right, are the Niners going to trade him in conference? If they don't, which I just don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, or if he goes, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like that's a, to me, he's the domino that that controls everything because whatever the Niners sort of decide to do there, maybe, um, 
you know, so, I don't know. Is he, is he going to be in Pittsburgh? Is he going to? I don't know. So maybe this is our three way three way trade. We get the the two old Bay Area teams in Tampa together. So we get the Niners, the Raiders, and the Bucks to do some sort of three way deal that gets um, <laughs> Derek to Tampa and Jimmy to Vegas. And now we got a yeah, now we got something cooking here a little bit. But I, I you know, given obviously that McDaniel's has a, a pretty long history working with Garoppolo. That is true. I but, you know what? I think you're onto something here. I think that's a great idea. Uh, um, I don't know the so logistics. Maybe, <laughs> we need like the um, the NBA, or we need to pull out the trade thing. We need to see if we can make this happen. What what needs to happen for this deal? I, I think you're onto something here. I think that's a because yeah, like you said. I mean, with with McDaniel's there now. I mean, the Jimmy G things makes makes total sense. And you know, but I mean, it's like I don't know. Like does does McDaniel's get there and it's like all right like Derek Carr's my guy like let's go like that's I, I don't know so if, if I'm a Raider fan I'm hoping that's the case I just you yeah. know unless they somehow are in the in the mix for a guy in like along the lines of Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson I know Russell Wilson was like mentioned briefly with the Raiders at, uh, you know when all those rumors that didn't really turn out to be much came out he was i think they were on the list of teams that his agent at least listed that he would be interested in going to so unless they have a chance at a guy like that i just have a hard time even with the history with garoppolo i know i mentioned that and it could have an impact we we, i don't know uh i do think josh mcdaniels has learned a bit from his last head coaching tenure where he just immediately shipped off jay cutler from the broncos and some of the good things happening there so i Vegas is definitely a team. If I'm there, if I'm a fan of them, unless I can get one of those top end guys, I, I have Derek still above even Kirk Cousins and obviously uh, Jimmy. I think, I mean, it could end up maybe that all could work out, but also just Jimmy with Tampa. I don't think they would mind going in the conference. Obviously, to a contender, maybe it's a little tougher, and they do want to do right by Jimmy. They have said that if they do trade him, like they've kind of been clear about that. In addition, so I don't know. It, 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 Tampa's in a it's a tough spot there, uh, but you know, um, and they have the 27th pick. So I, that's probably too far back. Maybe there's still some of those quarterbacks available, but as you kind of mentioned, like are these guys that you really think you're going to be able to build around and are going to quickly elevate your team? Are they more of a project that's not going to capitalize on your win now roster? They are going to likely with, uh, or potentially at least lose Chris Godwin, uh, Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen also free agents along the offensive line. I think more likely in that 27th pick spot, they try to address one of those guys leaving in free agency. They'll know by the time the draft happens. But yeah, it's still a place that if I'm a player on the on a, uh, that's potentially going to be traded or a free agent and I'm a quarterback, like I'm definitely looking at um, this team and Tampa is like that's the number one spot. I don't I don't really care so much about having the again follow up in the in the behind um what brady did there it's just not the same as new england so free agent quarterback wise it's uh, i'm trying to look at that list and it's a, definitely a little a little bleaker uh there blake i yeah. mean there's guys like kyle allen <laughs> mm. um yeah. brian hoyer mike glennon uh, blaine gabbert obviously has has been there so something yes. there i think J- i think honestly Jameis is probably and Ryan Fitzpatrick run it back in Tampa. He's been on, I think he's been on the Bucks. Yeah. He's been on about ten teams. So yeah, um, well, that group. I think Jameis is the best option of that group right yeah. there. But uh, again, I don't see that happening. But if, if we're just specifically talking about that group, I'm, I'm taking Jameis over everyone else. But me too. Yeah. So I think trades are definitely the way that we're going to see more movement. And so those things are probably in the works behind the scenes right now. 
Um, it's just, uh, I, I it's unlike some other sports, I mean, there has been some fun movement in the NFL recently, but unlike some other sports, eventually teams sometimes just get a little, you know, eventually conservative. So I, until I actually see guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr even be possibly, uh, mentioned in trade rumors, I just have a hard time seeing it. So I think Jimmy G, if we're really looking at what the Bucks can do, he's the number one guy, um, that is the most likely in my mind, even if Derek Carr is who I'd want if I were them. And then the Steelers, I mean, they could also, in theory, go after Jimmy G, I guess. I, I don't know if they're built the same way to succeed right away um, yeah. with him, um, maybe. Like, their offensive line did improve over the course of the year. Um, I, I don't know, though, stylistically. That, that would be a curious thing for me. But also one probably to monitor because then at least in that point, you don't have, you're in a different conference in Tampa, so... Uh, yeah, Tampa's in an interesting spot. A lot of options, but also they, they kind of seem to close up quickly for me. And uh, the Deshaun Watson thing also is just such a wild card to this whole yeah. situation. We just don't know. Like if he if he's available, no matter what the price yeah. is, and if you actually feel like he's going to be able to buy available, I don't mean just on the trade market, but actually like are pretty uh, confident he's going to be available on the field. Then yeah, that changes a ton of things. And no matter what you can give up, you're going to have a ton of teams still lining up despite his uh history so yeah it's uh definitely something to follow there yep and the you know the jim harbaugh thing with the vikings if the vikings decide kirk cousins i mean that's a that's not an um a fun contract for other teams but mm-hmm. um still you know if they decide hey we're we're willing to do something here then that again is another one that can be a wild card and you just man you just don't know what's going to happen so We'll see. Um, a lot of teams, uh, you know, again, just one domino is all it takes. We always say that with the off season, and that's kind of where we are um, right now, I think, just for, for these teams in particular. And, you know, I guess, you know, we talked about kind of everything, where it stands. Uh, we talked about Josh McDaniels going to the, the Raiders. I guess one of the other things we haven't talked about, Sean Payton stepping away from the Saints. Um, you know, I mean – look i think we kind of look at this right and we said this is not that surprising in terms of just knowing where the saints are going to be and all that so i mean this is something too where you just kind of i don't know like there it's what an interesting off season right like think about mm-hmm. all these different jobs that have opened up and some of them we expected some of them we didn't you know specifically i think the dolphins and the saints are, are two there um you know certainly now the possibility as we said with the vikings of harbaugh man it's just a it's a wild a wild off season already and we're not even to the super bowl yet so <laughs> i know it's crazy there's definitely like you know that changes like you said we, like we, i know we talked a lot about sean payton's legacy but we didn't look ahead now what does that mean for the saints obviously they have a ton of uh things to work out and in, in, with their salary cap and how far back they are but um not just coaching wise i know flores was considered as a top candidate there i'm not sure but you know dennis allen probably still the favorite um but yeah what does that mean that that shakes up this whole situation even more because it felt like for sure Jameis would want to come back and be with sean payton but now that he's gone where does that leave Jameis? what uh and to, uh, hopefully his the, the development uh he's going to take with him from uh this experience have a big impact um where he ends up next maybe he's the <laughs> you like you joked about tampa bay maybe Broncos, I'm sure, uh, would be intriguing to him. I think the Broncos are still looking for bigger fish at this point, it sounds like. But, you know, man, it's just so much movement, like you're saying. I, 
at this point, it, it, like usually we kind of have a little better idea of where these teams are, but there's just so many, and it's just a product of what we've kind of also talked about where the league's at in such a good place with so many solid quarterbacks, even if there's not, you know, even if it's really headlining by the superstar young guys that are going to probably be with their teams for their entire careers, or at least most of them. Um, after that, there's still a good group of, of middle of the pack QBs that you can win with. Like, you see what the ni- the Niners were, even still with what Garoppolo, even if you consider him on the, on the, maybe the lower half barely of the top uh, quarterbacks in the league, he's still, you know, their record without him was like Shanahan's record as a head coach is like six and 28 or something crazy without Garoppolo starting. And then it's like 30 something and 12 or whatever when, when he started some ridiculous stat. So yeah, it, it, there's teams that feel like they're in position that just need that guy to be a little more stable. And, uh, you know, the amount of teams that could switch quarterbacks, it could set a record. I mean, uh, how many different starters from one one season to the next helped a little bit by two future Hall of Famers retiring in Roethlisberger and Brady. But, man, it's going to be a lot of teams with new faces from week one of 2021 to week two of – or, sorry, week one of 2022. Um, and at this point, yeah, the head coaching hires make a big uh, – also that we're going to have nine new head coach. I mean, it's just like that changes who do those guys want. Like we're talking about how does that affect with Carr already with McDaniels, but also the Vikings and – who, you know, maybe Andrew Luck will come out of retirement for his old college coach there, and uh, no. <laughs> and Jim Harbaugh. I'm not counting on that, but man, it's... that is not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> I think I'm just being honest with you. We've seen crazy things happen in the NFL. Uh, I'm not counting that out at all. I think Andrew Luck's just enjoying himself a little too much now, so I, I'm not yeah. counting on. I think he's pretty satisfied where he's at, but yeah, it's also a ton of. Even though we looked at the free agent quarterback list, and maybe it's not as intriguing there's a ton, there's a lot of receiving talent and different guys that it's going to be interesting to see what uh some of these players prioritize obviously we'll see how much the cap potentially starts to bounce back we're seeing all the crazy ratings uh that these playoff games have been getting and it by all accounts it it sounds like they're confident the cap over the next three years will keep rebounding so while the saints may maybe previously before the pandemic could have kept up at their same rate of spending that they're going to now be caught up to uh, maybe in a few years they'll be just fine so I don't know, man. It's a lot of teams with a lot of question marks. And as a Rams fan, I'm happy that at least for now, I uh, feel pretty good at least uh, with where they're at under center with uh, Stafford. It, that's what you're paying for. I mean, you, you pay a lot of things uh, or pay, you know, in the form of draft picks and different players and whatnot to get these sort of guys. But ultimately, you want to be the teams that one of the teams that has that sit, uh, position figured out. You don't want to be the teams that are always having to kind of sort that out. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, will really matter if, uh, in the AFC if you don't have Josh Allen, Mahomes, or Burrow. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> you got to try. And uh, I think the Colts in particular on that side and the Bucks on the NFC, those are the two teams that I feel like if they get it right, have the best chance to really contend unless you're one of the teams that can possibly get Aaron Rodgers. And I know that's, we've already talked about that so much. I know that Denver's always mentioned as a top place, but I, I don't know. It's kind of quiet. They're eerily quiet on the, on the Rodgers rumor train. So I, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if he really cares about winning a Super Bowl, and you look at Brady retiring, yeah. I, I just feel like the Packers, you have like, you're not going to have a better place than Green Bay with the way the conferences are set up. They're not going to trade you to the NFC, so you're going to get traded to the AFC. And the competition quarterback-wise there and the teams, I don't know. I just feel like for him, ultimately, as much as it was fun to speculate last offseason and then be like, all right, next year, if they don't win, he'll probably be traded. I still am not buying that 
the Packers are going to move on from Aaron and that Aaron's ultimately going to decide he should move on because I just don't know if there's a better place uh, than Green Bay. And it sounds like even in his, conf- in his, in his comments that in terms of the uh, GM and Gutekunst and some of the other people in that organization that he started to kind of repair that relationship. So as much as that would be fun to speculate on this QB kind of carousel, mostly uh, dominated episode. I don't know. What do you, do you think um, uh, he's ultimately still going to move on? Do you think there's a chance he just retires? I think he's not going to, I think he's still got a little more left in the tank. I don't think he's going to retire the same year Brady does either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the, there comes a point where the more you, talk about how unhappy you are the more that forces the team you're with to make necessary moves to make sure you're happy and i feel like that's where we're at now it's like wherever he goes like if he goes to the steelers are they in a better position to make the super bowl no i don't (laughs) think so i think the the packers are in a better position Mm -hmm. if he goes to the bucks which we said not gonna happen like they're not sending him to the bucks (laughs) it's just it's not happening um, you know, is if he goes to the Raiders, if Carr's out of there, he goes to the Raiders. Are they in a better position? I don't think so. Um, so it's like to me, the Packers is the best scenario if he wants to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see anyone else. Even if let's say again, even if we say Russell Wilson's gone, and you know, there again, the Packers aren't sending him to the Forty ers Like the, these are the kind of things that just aren't going to happen. Um, you know, it's just we know, like we said, these are how teams operate. They're not sending these guys to their the team that actually is either right there with them or right above them or yep. right below them in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. So I just – I don't see a better scenario for him than staying there, but we've said that so many times before, and ultimately guys go elsewhere. And you know what? If they if he goes somewhere else and they build enough around him, you know, all these teams we just mentioned, I think there's kind of one thing in common. They all have good defenses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like <laughs> – um, you know, if you can just bring in a guy like this, how quickly he elevates the offense, maybe he can get there quick enough. So, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's just the competition. I mean, I, not that Rodgers would be afraid of that, but the competition with the AFC teams, and especially if you went to the Raiders or Broncos and you're in the division with Mahomes and yeah. Justin Herbert at, at that point and where the Chargers could elevate themselves if they – figure out some things on defense and the Packers defense uh, for all the years it's been an issue finally is fixed and it's like you're going to leave when they just had such a dominant performance not fixed necessarily but they had a pretty strong season arguably and we're starting to come together they had so many injuries and when they had everyone they they looked really good and they're only going to get better probably in the second season under Barry and that defensive coordinator uh, there in Green Bay and the and how they've kind of molded to the same kind of staley concepts and different things we see with the Rams and uh, what he's trying to do with the Chargers. But, yeah, um, those teams would be solid. Um, I still think they could contend. They still could make the Super Bowl from the AFC. It's just a much harder path. Um, and, if he, it, yeah, I, it's not like, oh, man, I'm trying – like, if he's going to go to an NFC team, the Packers are just too good of a team to – to look at that it's it's much different than like the lions and the rams trading when the lions are rebuilding completely like i don't know if there's really a quarterback maybe matt ryan the falcons you could put on that kind of mark um in terms of a guy that is on a team that obviously needs to rebuild i know they had some wins and stuff but they were really low dvoa wise barely beat some bad teams got crushed by good teams maybe matt ryan's a quarterback that we could throw into this whole uh stew of of uh and yeah. carousel and whatnot but um it's just yeah with Rodgers I don't know I really it's it's hard to see him moving um to anyone in the NFC so at that point what 
what is your end goal? What, if you're really trying to just win a Super Bowl, yeah. I really don't think there's a better place than Green Bay for him at this time. Uh, you're, you know, Brady's out of the conference as we just talked about. Yeah, you know, the Rams are still going to be there, but you beat them this year. Um, <laughs> you're the one seed for a reason. The Cowboys are still there, but it's just not the same level of dominance. And um, so maybe he just wants to change the scenery. If that's the case, then uh, yeah, I think the teams we talked about: Raiders, Broncos. Steelers potentially Steelers would be really weird to see him in a in that jersey yeah. oh my gosh especially after he beat them in his one Super Bowl um and uh the Colts like those are the four I, I if any that I would think that would make the most sense because uh, clearly we know a few teams uh, that we've, I keep naming off the Bengals the Bills and the Chiefs are pretty happy with their quarterback situations yeah. and outside of those so are the Ravens um maybe the Browns are the other AFC team that could make a run at at Rodgers and makes sense and he'd be maybe motivated by what winning for that fan base would be like but um yeah that's that I guess the Browns are the team we haven't really discussed that you know the Mayfield situation with his contract whether you know obviously haven't extended him and still uh you know with his options and stuff like they're one that they feel like they uh you know they underperformed this year but still a lot of a really young team a really solid roster that should over time i think that defense has a chance to come together i don't know if aaron really how that really works with um stefanski in ter- terms of their styles but maybe that's more of a russell wilson possibility wild card place um if he somehow gets traded i don't i think it's still more likely for aaron than russell at this point but um i know russell wants to win too so um I, for again but at the same time any these these are two guys in the nfc we keep talking about this and it's like your conference is so wide open right now really um yeah. compared to the the afc in my mind so why not try to, to stay where you are and try to make it work there and if you are going to move I, I just maybe the seahawks would be a little more willing to trade with an nfc team i don't know though it's just it's really tough i know interdivision trades are way harder than like trading out uh to um anyone else in the, in the conference but it still means something it's still like at the end of the day you're gonna have to probably go through this team if they're a contender so it's just uh it's a tough spot for the needs and wants of the quarterback and the team in both cases basically what we're trying to say is all these teams need to get a command oh, no. on their quarterback position it's a great great segue to wrap up this episode because the one team we haven't talked about in this whole scenario <laughs> Is the one team that is coming for the rest of the NFL now, and that is because they are the Commanders. The Washington Commanders have made their entrance into the galaxy, and yeah, um, I mean, look, I think we always we always have a reaction, and it's usually negative. I think when there's a name change. Um, I mean, look, what, what did we say when they went from the Redskins to the football team? Right? It's like. <laughs> What what on earth is happening right now? This, they don't even know what to call themselves. They're calling themselves the football team. So now they go to the commanders. Um, I'll tell you exactly what I told Dylan before we started recording. And Dylan, Dylan made a good point. I'll let him expand on his point when I say this. <laughs> the Washington commanders, to me, sounds like a team that if they were in the, the NBA and the ABA decided to make its return... Like they would go to the ABA just because of their name, like the, as the Commanders, like because it just doesn't sound like like a an NBA team, right? Yeah. To me, this like it doesn't. You can kind of equate that. And I'll let Dylan make his point on on what he said that kind of related to that. But um, the Commanders, they are here. 
Yeah, it was the same idea. I just immediately I was like, this sounds like if if I was reading a book about the old USFL, this would have been a team, and I would have not batted an eye. Like, oh yeah, the Washington Commanders, exactly. Yeah, um, right. or one of these startup leagues that has been happening re- recently for football. So, yeah. Um, Thought there were some other solid ideas out there that have been either run by fans or uh, different things that have actually been discussed by uh, management there as possibilities. I really like the red tails idea. Um, I talk, we talked a little bit about how, like how at least with the Cleveland Guardians now in MLB, how that kind of still has the same frenetic like Indians Guardians kind of flows the yeah. same way, and this just doesn't at all. Um, it just sound it just sounds so bland. I'm I, telling it's, you, it's man, me I would have went. <laughs> I would have went. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I was all aboard the Washington Sentinels. Like, just fully yes. embrace the replacements. Like, again, bring Keanu Reeves. Like, give him a press box. Like, just <laughs> everything. Go all in on the Washington Sentinels and just really, you know, embrace the history there. Because I think you you gain some fans from that. It's like, come on, everyone knows how great the the Sentinels were. So. Um. Yeah, I, I thought that was a better option. So I would have taken that over the commanders. I think. I think there's a number of options we could have thought of if we we could have done our own draft of probably like ten, eleven names. I think we would have liked a little more. So, yeah. um, on a bigger, yeah, you mentioned we didn't talk about now the commanders. Ugh. Um, they're a team that I could see drafting the quarterback. I don't know if they really make sense for any of these top guys. Still a team in a little bit of flux. So they have the eleventh pick. Definitely look for them to be on the on the mark for. Well, we'll see if Kenny Pickett gets out of the way of the Panthers, but um, that could be where the the first quarterback to to line up for the Washington Commanders potentially. So, oh man, I'm, it's going to take go. me some time to get used to saying that. I, I I'm, I'm going so to keep calling them Washington football team. Yeah, just Washington. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just going to go all in on Washington at this point and just kind of stay with that route. I, it's going to be a while. Saying, all right, uh, let's make our betting locks for the. Cowboys and Commanders. I just I can't do it. Like I just can't do it right now. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do it. So it's like Staples um, Center yeah. and Crypto.com Arena for oh, us in goodness. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that's um no. I, I just it'll it'll take a while on the Commanders. So we'll see um what how we adjust uh, to that one. So there you go. There's some thoughts as we said. Kind of um you know still got a week and a half to go before the Super Bowl and. Um, plenty to talk about in the NFL as always. So, uh, Dylan, of course, have it all covered over clutch points, uh, not just all the stuff we've discussed with rumors, coaching searches, all this other stuff. Uh, but, of course, the Super Bowl will be played soon as well. Yeah, we'll have tons of coverage of the Super Bowl already starting to get some things in the works, but still, yeah, mostly covering all the, the retirements uh, of news with Brady and where the Bucks already making contact with potential suitors. You can read about that on clutchpoints.com in the NFL section, also the NFL section of the Clutch Points app. You can follow the Super Bowl in there. Going to have a lot of FanDuel promotions uh, going for the Super Bowl, some nice sign-up promos that anyone uh, that follows Clutch Points can sign up for. Definitely excited for all that stuff. And yeah, it'll be fun. Next week, I think we'll do, on our first episode of the week, our annual Clutch Points NFL Awards. So that not exactly always your traditional awards. We'll go into some more unique ideas and things we've done in previous years. My favorite word, award always the the AFC South Awards to our, our division of the podcast. But we'll do that. And then, yeah, next Wednesday, so coming out the Thursday before the Super Bowl, we'll get into our uh, picks, go over all the props that we usually do, and 
Um, given my strategy to get the Rams to keep moving on, I think some people can already guess where I might pick in the Super Bowl, but um, <laughs> at least Blake's is still a mystery for everyone at this point. I've already got my pick ready. I know exactly who I'm going to pick at this point, barring any injuries, so um, I will tell you. I don't want to say I'm 100% confident about this, but I, I have my pick ready for the there Super Bowl. So uh, we will, yes, uh, be sure to check everything out, and we will talk more about the Super Bowl uh, next week. But again, check everything out at Clutch Points. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, a search for Stats to Pass. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. You're on the Stats to Pass podcast.